had a dream. I forget what it was. But when I woke up from it, I realized that what I admire most about Martin Luther King Jr. is not so much the content of his famous dream, but the fact that he remembered it in detail. I'm never able to remember my dreams, especially when they involve civil rights achievements. That's why I love daydreams. I can always remember my daydreams. And let me tell you, brother, I have a daydream. It's a daydream of paradise. On Earth, in Europe, in the North, in a land called Germany, in a region called Bavaria, in a city called Munich. Follow me into this dream. First imagine you are jet-lagged. Isn't being jet-lagged just sublime? If they sold drugs that made people feel jet-lagged, wouldn't they sell a lot of them? A sublime intoxication. Being jet-lagged, it's like the air is raping you. We love rape when we can get it cheap, do we not? Do we not? Amen. We love rape when we can get it cheap. And in that state of intoxication, you move slow, but somehow everything in life seems affordable. Overstimulation is out of the picture. You can drink all the coffee you want because no matter what, at the end of this tunnel, there waits a deep and comfy sleep. So you're jet lagged as you arrive in paradise. Jet-lagged is good, and you are greeted by a friend, an especially angelic-looking friend with an angelic smile. His name is Christian, L-O-L, and he knows the place well, and he knows the place well. After all, he's been here a while. I'll show you everything, he says, and so you enter paradise with no feelings of loneliness, no anxiety at the gates. Paradise is a city, just as you've been in the mood for lately. The city as paradise. All you've been doing throughout the plague is seeking paradise in cities. So here you get a city. 
and you arrive at night just as you've been in the mood for. And though it is a small city, and though it is a quiet city, and though it is a Tuesday, one techno club is open. And it's been open since 1970, seven days a week until 6 a.m. And it's called Pimpernel. And somebody says to you that Freddie Mercury used to go there. So, of course, jet lagged or not, you pop into Pimpernel. A few people are there. They are lit in a fierce but harmless red neon glow. The crowd is all ages, but one young man is dancing alone. Dancing nonstop all around the bar, flirting with everyone, clinking glasses, kissing cheeks, but never not dancing. Distant as he seems and tired as you are, you are drawn to him. You try to get his attention, dance a little in his orbit. Distant as he seems, he finally turns to you and raises his glass and then leans in with an idea. We haven't met Daylight brings Christian. You meet him at a supermarket at lunch hour, and he gives you a tour of the town. The weather is hot, but heat brings gifts. People around you are not wearing lots of clothes. This is a good thing. The mostly naked people seem to mostly be enjoying each other's company. This means women enjoying the company of men. And the other way around. The young women seem satisfied. I mean, they seem like they really find the boys to be interesting. Their eyes are open and they can talk the talk. One of them just ordered another Aperol Spritz. One of them just posted a new photo for close friends only on Instagram. Her close friends list consisting of just one person. The boy she is trying to seduce. Dang if all this freedom and beauty don't conjure up an old and long-denied social idea, which sometimes goes by the name of bisexuality. The men, unquestionably handsome, look like at a different time they would have murdered you. But in this world, their vicious physique, their sharp and severe features are basted in benevolence. Antique cruelties have melted into warmth. Passion remains, but you're not afraid to look. Eyes are made for looking, you hear an echo say. The bars are buzzing, the cafes too, but as befits a paradise, the sexes are also meeting at a river that runs right through the city. The river is the city's metro. People take off their clothes, jump in to ride to some other part of town, and you jump in too. You leave your stuff behind, because here there are no thieves. And if something should be lost, 
you'll find it waiting for you right back at home. Later that night, you will go to the weekly Wednesday dance party with Christian and his man, where a series of three ethereal incidents will occur. A young man will recognize you from a brief nocturnal encounter in a bedroom in Brentwood years ago before the plague. You'll be flattered that he remembered it so well, at least until you learn that one reason he remembers the brief encounter so well is how brief it was. Ha <laughs> ha! You'll chuckle to yourself, debating whether you should even share this anecdote at all. Can't a man be tired? Incident number two is a touch more flattering, a touch less funny. It involves a withered party girl adamantly offering you all her money so she can, quote, take care of you. Incident number three is the best compliment you can ever hope for if you're of the fucking weirdo variety. And you are of the fucking weirdo variety because many people in many environments have called you weird for caring too much about things you weren't instructed to care about. But you always preferred to do homework that wasn't assigned because one time you discovered there was knowledge they were hiding from you and they were hiding it for fraudulent reasons. So you became weird, a puzzle to your peers, unless you could affect a charismatic personality to entertain them with and thus disarm them of suspicion. And so the greatest compliment an artsy-looking stranger at a party can pay a weirdo like you is. I don't know the word in English, but I really like your way of dancing. And it's not a pickup line either. It's a genuine compliment. And perhaps the notion of a white man dancing is what makes you think of Leonard Cohen. You figure Leonard Cohen would be in paradise, but you also wouldn't expect to find him on your first day here, in the same hat and suit form as on that day you once met him on Beverly Boulevard. On the first day, you would probably expect a more phantasmagoric announcement of his presence, would you not? say in the form of a song he wrote but never sang, because he wrote it for Diana Ross.
campaign for you, and like the next person, personal space doesn't exist here. Right. The next person is literally like pumping your ass and already starting to scan their stuff as you're trying to gather your things. This is so bad that most grocery stores actually have like a composure area, is what I call it. So it's like composure area. It's a counter away yeah. from the till for you to quickly throw your stuff on, and then pack it into your bags. Then go. Damn. Yeah. And like the if you're not going fast enough, the cashiers will yell at you. Well, I this is this definitely this is the most chaotic and most intense grocery store like crowd I have maybe I've ever seen yeah, at yeah. any level. I mean, I, I would say here is really not as bad as like a lot of places. The one that's notorious for being the worst is Aldi. Nee, danke. Nimm die Karte ab. Listen, he's very efficient. The way he flicked the uh, divider back through down, in, you know. Yeah, the, 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 there's a whole <laughs> layer of drama that's, that's added by the virtue of the fact that this is the lunch rush. Yeah. Um, and everyone's just like passionately assembling their little salads and their little... Yeah, and like this is like the grocery store for people that, like the Siemens main corporate office is like right across the street. It's really where um, all of the working professionals at the city center go. Right. There's just like an, a, a whole urgency and also enthusiasm to the uh, proceedings that uh, is unmistakable. Yeah, it's really just got a, I don't know, kind of a unique energy. And it's not like peak tourist season yet, so it really is just the people that kind of work here. That are when is peak tourist season? I'm never sure. <laughs> um, so for people kind of traveling within Germany, it tends to be August. Okay. Um, within Germany. Yeah, yeah. That's like when everyone, all the Germans get their vacations. Yeah, yeah. And I think a lot of Americans come during August as well, and it's it's quite funny because um, restaurant workers and whoever are basically entitled to the same sort of mandatory vacation leave as anyone else. Right. Um, so you'll find that actually a lot of restaurants, coffee shops, uh, different sort of places like that have what's called like Betriebsferien, so essentially a service holiday and are shut down for August. So it's sometimes really hard to find places to eat in August because all the restaurants are on vacation. <laughs> Yeah, that's another. That's a crazy thing. I, I, that, that's the case in Spain too a lot. Like in Spain, a lot of the best restaurants are just fucking straight up closed it, for a whole month. Yeah. At some point, whenever they're, whenever they've decided to take their vacation. Yeah. Especially Madrid. Yeah, I mean Madrid's really. I didn't know this, but they actually have the highest density of new restaurant openings in like any city in Europe. Interesting. Yeah. But it's it's crazy. Like a few of my friends are originally from Spain and they like it there a lot and think quality of life in Madrid is great. But the pay is like so shit that you 
can't really even enjoy living there, even with like a job in like, consulting or investment banking, because it's just. Well, can't you get like, um, like you know, a German paycheck but live there? So this is something that's really interesting. Um, the German bureaucratic system hasn't really caught up to remote work entirely. So most companies set a hard limit on the number of days you're allowed to work remotely from abroad because it creates complications with the payments they have to make to German Social Security. Oh, I see. So, yeah, like, Max, for example, my wife can only work um, 10 days from abroad. And then after that, it's like uh, a problem. Right. Can you take a photo? Sure. Um. Miss Pat. Yes. One more. <laughs> okay. And do you want one more? Yeah. Here you go. Thank you very much. Yeah, this uh, this park has fond memories for me. I went on like a lockdown date here one time, which was really really nice. Oh, um, nice. And I lost my wallet. Didn't even realize it. The next day, I was in my apartment. Um, and I like open my windows because they face south and usually like in the summer will like tan on my floor during right. lockdown. <laughs> um, God. And one of my friends, her thing would be that just sort of like, like you would do when you were kids, you know, dropping by unannounced. Yeah. Which was really nice. Um, and so I was just expecting that, oh, like uh, Anna's stopping by to say hi. So I'm like barely wearing any clothes, go to open my door, and I see that there's like six police officers standing outside my door. Whoa. And I'm like, what the fuck? So I like quickly throw on clothes, open the door, and they're like, hello, Herr Martens? And I'm like, yes. Um, <laughs> yeah, doctor. <laughs> like, Did you lose something? And they pull my wallet out, and I, I didn't even realize that I had lost it, and I was like, what, how did you get this? And like, yeah, someone found it in Hofgarten and turned yeah. it in and we saw like... And it took yeah. six of them to deliver it to you? I mean, it's, you know, nothing bad happens Oh, okay. <laughs> they just have nothing better to do, but they're like, it looks like he might be naked and sunbathing on this afternoon. Let's, yeah. let's drop in yeah. as a team yeah. <laughs> with his wallet. Yeah. That, was, that sounds exciting. Yeah, and I mean, it's one of the nice things about German bureaucracy is like they can just type in your name and super easily figure out where you live. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's nice when it feels like the bureaucracy is actually working for the people at least a little bit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that strange sensation. Yeah. It reminds me kind of of when, like, my the stories from my um, folks from, you know, like, LA in the 70s, kind of like the licorice pizza days, yeah. when they'd be drunk, if you were, if they were drunk, if, if a police officer caught you drunk driving, it would, the, they would offer to drive you home. Yeah. <laughs> like, not ruin your life. Yeah, I mean, that's like, that's like one sort of nice thing I think about. Also, the justice system here is it tends to not be like as punitive um, as in the States which has both benefits and drawbacks. Like there was a really high profile case in Munich um, 
that happened like one train station away from my old office where this guy who was like a repeat offender basically like uh, attacked a child and it turned out that he had had like a bunch of previous offenses and just kept on doing it every time he got out but due to like German sentencing laws there's like no way to like basically put someone like that away for life yeah Yeah, I think what we can do now is maybe just walk here through the shade next to this, like, whatever this government building is, and then we'll cross down into the English Garden, and you can kind of see that whole thing, and I think we'll take a look at the, uh, the icebox surface. <sighs> Have you seen anyone, like, um, biking around with a surfboard yet? Not yet. It's like the first time I was here, I was like, what the fuck? We're like nowhere, nowhere near an ocean. What's going on? The Hasselhoff influence. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's also really funny how American trends trickle down and then get sort of interpreted by Europeans and then reverse trickle down into the States again. Right, and and they pick up all these other things in the in the course of the reverse trickle. Yeah. This is lovely with all the leaves having fallen, faded yes. brown. Like Max was complaining, but it's like it feels like it feels like autumnal, and it's fucking July. Yeah, no, this heat wave is like really starting so it's to like, turn everything brown. Yeah, it's like roasting the whole entire city. Well, no, I mean, it's good that you got here when you did, because I'm pretty sure, like, unless we get some summer rain, which does happen, um, it's just going to be sort of like this mm -hmm. for the rest of summer, which isn't too, too beautiful. Now this, this is called, this park is called. So we're at the bottom of um, Hofgarten. Hofgarten. And then I need to see what this building is actually called. I walk by all the time um, and never know what this building is actually called. Beautiful. It yeah. looks like it could be like the KGB building, honestly. Uh, okay, so this is the uh, Bayerische Staatskanzlei, which basically means like Bavarian government office. Oh, okay, yeah. close. Yeah. So that's where all the bureaucrats live. And then we'll get to walk past the um, American consulate, <laughs> which uh, is extremely like, brutalist in nature. A lot of um, countries have really, really beautiful consulates here, but the American one is very, very imposing and terrifying. Um, and every time I have to go there, I get scared because you can't bring any electronics in. Oh. Like, no phone or whatever. Whenever I go, I'm always telling people, okay, I'm going there. If I get taken to a CIA black site, like, you know what to yeah, do. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if there's going to be the usual clarinet player in the underpassage today. Oh, there's a, there's a, um, is he good? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's the one thing that is a bit, like, I don't know sad is there's a lot of street performers doing bad music here. really bad and they all do the they all do the mafia they all have the mafia theme song in their repertoire yeah at yeah. least the ones in armenia do it's like and and in france like i don't know why it's mandated maybe it's a bureaucratic mandate 
that if you're going to play an instrument in a shitty fashion in public, yeah. you, it ha every four songs has to be the mafia. There's an interesting thing which has happened in recent years here, which is they start playing like <laughs> the Interstellar soundtrack. Oh god! Because the the composer Hans Zimmer is yeah. German, right? right? So it has a lot of like sort of currency for the German market, I guess. Looks like we might get lucky. Yeah, I don't hear the echoing. I don't hear like. Uh, uh, Bleeding Gums Murfhausen. <laughs> that looks like someone is setting something. They are setting something. Oh, those are the worst. Yeah. That's when it, that's when it gets really beautiful. Yeah. It's funny, we were doing a bike tour um, around some lakes in like the part of Bavaria that's really close to the Alps. Yeah. And we're on this beautiful hill with like this look over this one really nice lake. And tons of cows, like just Bavarian farmer, or whatever. And we look over, and there's this like Bavarian farmer in his later hosen, like with a mug full of beer, sitting on his patio, playing his accordion. <laughs> I mean, you know, when they say like, "Oh yeah, Hans Zimmer is German." Yeah, but so is Wagner, and so is Bach, and so is like, there's a lot, you know, <laughs> the Germans aren't wanting for, for, classical, for, for classical composers, you know. But it's, so it's interesting, one of my, that friend who sometimes like would drop by unannounced at my place, her boyfriend's family um, owns like one of the biggest classical music or like concert producers in Germany, and they book like, really, really great sort of conductors and performers to come from all over the world, but some of their, I think probably their highest grossing events tend to be when they will do like a live showing of Harry Potter. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they have like the orchestra that plays along. Um, yeah. I mean, they do shit, they do that shit at the Hollywood Bowl too. Yeah, yeah. It's just... I don't know, it's really interesting, especially because Munich does a really good job, I think, of trying to get young people interested in ballet and opera and theater and, and classical music. They have this um, program called the Under-29 Ticket for the, like, uh, Bavarian National, like, opera and ballet and stuff. Yeah. Um, and so for 10 euros, you can get, like, a 200 euro parquet floor seat. Um, and the tickets always sell out like really, really fast. <laughs> they right. use the same sort of ticket lottery, like waiting queue platform as Coachella. Oh, okay. And whenever you go to book, the line is um, like always over like a thousand people long to get yeah. tickets for it. Yeah. So yeah, you're doing the same sort of Coachella thing where you have five different devices open in front of you to try to Just get for the for. Like the and for the symphony, what is it like uh, the ballet? Yeah, for the ballet. That's you know, that's cute. I like it when they. I like the whole, uh, the way the European festival like with like, a kind of the older arts festivals, including jazz and stuff. How they they've managed to. They've managed to make it appeal to the young. Yeah. Which is completely, completely not the case. Yeah in America like there's no such thing as young people at a jazz festival 
I don't even know how many jazz festivals remain, if any, in America. Yeah. Um, like, it's, it's really sad. Like, I don't know. I feel like the only places you can really go for jazz anymore is like Chicago and maybe New Orleans. Yeah, right. And the occasional there's the, you know there's the occasional club in New York and whatever. But I mean, the, no, and no one goes. I mean, New Orleans. I'm New Orleans. Yes, I I do believe at least last I checked, there is a fairly young. You know, there's a it's there's a custom of young people going in Chicago there's there at least was until recently a custom of young people going to like legends the uh, blues club owned by buddy guy because it's part of the kind of the city lore you know yeah um so there's these little pockets but overall it's just you know forget it like there's nothing there's no connection whatsoever there wasn't even 20 years ago or 30 years ago even when like blues and jazz had this kind of uh, second, like like '90s resurgence, you know, a popularity. Still, it wasn't young people going; it was just boomers kind of going again. Yeah. Um, and but here, there's a lot of festivals every summer. Oh, look, there are people swimming in the. Yeah, yeah. So one of the so this is called the Eisbach. It's like a spinoff of the main river, the Isar, and um, a really popular thing to do in the summer on hot days such as today is you hop in up here, float all the way down to the tram stop, which is like, I don't know, maybe a mile down the river. You get out and then take the tram back. What do you do with your shit? You just leave it here? It's Germany, no one's gonna steal it. Oh no, they're gonna steal your shit in Germany, huh? It's funny, like, so, like, Max um, is really funny. Whenever he, like, leaves something for more than five seconds, he's always, like, asking someone if they'll watch it. And I'm like, come on, it's Munich. Nothing's going to get stolen. Even the Turks don't steal here? Yeah, not really. Interesting. Like, I really, I have not heard of anyone having anything stolen here. It's crazy. Um, but yeah, it's... That's great. I mean, the, the water looks beautiful, green. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, It's no. rolling pretty fast, too. There's like, it's fun. This is fun. This is like a, it's like a water, it's like a natural water slide, almost. Yeah, I know, for sure. Like, it's, and it moves at a pretty good clip, and also, like... Um, you have to be careful at some parts because it's like bridge underpasses and Germans are always like only do it when the water's low because you might get like injured or whatever. Right. Um, I've never had a problem. But yeah, there's a piece of lore at the university that I went to which is that you won't graduate until you do the ice bath float at least once. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Well, you don't want to test that. You need to do it. Exactly. And yeah, I mean, we've done it in the winter too where the water is like it's called the ice box because it's freezing fucking cold. Right. And now is it pretty cold too? Oh, uh, we'll just stick our hands in and see. Yeah. It's not super cold. I mean, I'm used to cold water now because I, I take cold showers. Yeah. And I... And it's uh, pretty crisp. Yeah. Pretty freaking crisp. But nice. I'm sure it's super refreshing to go full body. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, we did a, on the river that feeds this sort of stream, we did a nice, uh, we got like air mattresses basically and just filled them up and floated down yeah. from like a nice sort of Munich suburb and then It's really cute. Yeah, you'll get to the surfers now. Yeah. <laughs> Inner city surfing, I love it. 
Um, ja, das ja. Ist bei der Feldtemperaturen sind die Organics von Red Bull. Okay. Kennst du die schon? Nein, nicht. Das ist die Erfrischungsgetränke, die hier von Red Bull. Okay. Ähm, also hat nichts mit Energy zu tun. Okay. Das sind 100% natürliche Zutaten. Okay. Ja. Ähm, ich hätte mal noch die Cola, die ich zu probieren. Und dann hätten wir noch für dich so die Mate. Das ist ein Cola Tasting Test. Das ist ein Cola Tasting Test. Ist es? Do you have the, What is it? Do you have? So that's Mate. Do you like uh, Mate? What's Mate? Mate Tea. Green Tea. Kind green of like tea. a South American uh, tea, very popular oh, okay. in like Chile, Argentina. Does this have, is this have sugar? Yeah. A bit, but only natural sugar from like sugar. From the Bavarian uh, mountains, yeah. sugar that naturally flows yeah, like, down yeah. the mountains. Yeah. Okay. yeah. <laughs> it's just like 100% natural ingredients, and it gets the bio sound. Okay. So. Bio is German for it. Yeah. Are you? This is you're just promoting this tradition. Yeah. We're yeah. Oh, okay. Okay, I'll have one. Perfect. Thank um, you. Enjoy. Thank you. Have a nice day. Bye. You too. Bye bye. Oh, oh, it's a Red Bull uh, family yeah. drink that yeah. they're promoting. So they, in, in Germany, they have these organic lines. I'm not sure if they're in the States yet. Um, and that's cola. This one's cola, yeah. So that's a Red Bull cola. Yeah, it's nice. Uh, Want to try this one? Yeah. Yeah, so the matzo craze is getting really big in Germany. Let me take a swig of that. Yeah. Just to, I, I'm not going to drink this because it's sugary, but. Yeah. Hmm. That's a decent cola. Yeah. Like it's, tangy. It's, yeah, exactly. It's got a little bit of a unique flavor. To yeah. It, but the, uh, that tea that you're drinking is actually becoming very, very popular in Germany. Oh, okay. Um, the Berlin thing is like a, bl a, a brand of it called Club Matzo or like Club Matzo. Yeah. Um, and in Germany or in Berlin, a very popular beverage to order is a um, vodka with Klub Mate. Vodka with Klub Mate. Yeah. It makes sense. I can see a vodka going with this. Actually, I'd much rather have a vodka with this than vodka Red Bull. Exactly. I fucking hate Red Bull. I mean, you know, I, I used to drink Red Bull before my soccer games in high school. But man, that nasty ass taste. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we can go. Let's circle down for you. A couple more parts of the garden that are like typical. You get accosted by rickshaw drivers offering us <laughs> trips to different destinations. Yeah. Let's see if I can find any uh, naked people for you. There are many that are already pretty close. Yeah. So is this what you're talking about, where the Gay Island is? Mm, the Gay Island's a bit further south. We can do that as well, but we need to take the uh, the subway to get there. Um, but there's we don't have to do it. I mean, what it's just I'm just curious. Uh, I was just wondering if only if it's convenient. It's not super inconvenient. We can see if it works well with like the... Also, the are there going to be... There aren't going to be gays at Gay Island on the middle of a Wednesday, probably, are there? Oh, definitely. Oh, there are? Definitely. Yeah. They don't have jobs. Oh, that's right. They're gays. <laughs> I forgot. They're Euro gays. Well, it's fucking wild. Like, and so it's the summer. During, during lockdown, or not during lockdown, but like the home office obviously has become a lot bigger thing in yeah. Germany since COVID. And it's here to stay. Um, so... Last year when I'd go to the Gay Island, you would see people that like full-on have their work laptop, teleconferencing headset on, full-on nude, nude in like uh, in their work meeting rooms or whatever, taking taking calls. 
nude zooming. And one demographic that you shouldn't underestimate because Munich is like a pretty big hub for a lot of airlines. It's a huge flight attendant population. Uh -huh. And so a lot of times you'll see like a, a herd of Lufthansa or like different other airline flight attendants at the gay island at whatever oh, yeah. time because they have a day off. Yeah, and the gay, and, and, and you know, flight attendant, gays are way overrepresented in the flight attendant industry. Yeah, it's funny, like, there's, so there's a huge sort of movement in the EU right now to have like more women in um, board positions at like companies or like executive positions and also in politics. And I just find it funny because no one's talking about how underrepresented men are yeah just in, straight men i've never i've never seen a straight male flight attendant or nurse yeah no we need to be we need to be getting the bottom of that problem yeah let's get right to the bottom of it please i mean it makes sense that being a flight attendant would appeal to flighty gays because also it's like you know just like something about there's something like intoxicating and unpredictable about the, about what it does to you to be a flight you know to be on that yeah. kind of a schedule yeah and no. it's, it seems to kind of fit naturally the uh the uh skittishness of the of the, of the, of the homosexual persona. yeah well and it's i mean think about it like if you are a gay of potentially limited means that wants the experience of getting to like go to these different cities and yeah. sample the local uh, cuisine. Right. Sample the local cuisine. Um, and they all have like sample, also sample, like they're, they're all, they all have mile high club stories too. I mean, yeah. all the ones I've ever talked to. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny. Like I have a, my favorite plane to fly on for like transatlantic flights is the Airbus A340 because in that one, the bathrooms are like downstairs. Uh-huh. So it's very easy to- uh, It's easy to sneak it. To do a rendezvous if, yeah. you, if you'd like. Do those even go a mile high, those Airbuses? That's a good question. I mean, they at least seem imagine pretty- think, imagine, imagine having uh, uh, fucked in one of those and then you realize it's not even mile high, so you're not even technically in the mile high club. Yeah, no, exactly. That would be devastating. Also, like, they're, it's a European company. They're on, they're on metric. No one cares about the kilometer high club. Right, no one wants, yeah, that's not a thing. American measurement system supremacy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah, this is like a really, really common area for like younger people to set up. Um, on Fridays and on the weekend, it gets crazy. There's like basically no space. Oh, wow. Um, in this whole field, people bring speakers, beer pong tables, everything. It's like crazy. Yeah. Um, it gets pretty busy during the week in the summer as well. Yeah, it's um, pretty busy now, but yeah. not to the point where the, the grass, it's just got great how every, yeah, everyone's kind of huddled around the river. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know. And then like on that side is the new sunbathing area. Um, hide your kids. Hide your kids. <laughs> Lots of kids. Yeah. Sunbathing right now out there. Mooms. Not seeing too, too many nudists today, unfortunately. 
They just haven't gotten nude yet. Exactly. They're waiting for the kids to go home. Yeah. It's not the hottest part of the day. But yeah, it's funny. Like, <laughs> I have this uh, nice group of, of women that I hang out with here quite a lot, and it's pretty funny because the more drunk they get, the more they actually become capable of, like, appreciating the male physique. Oh, wow. Isn't that something? <laughs> when you see that transformation take place before your very eyes and yeah. a woman becomes interested in men. Yeah. And it was funny because uh, there was, like, a paddy wagon with a bunch of cops here, like, a couple of weeks ago, sort of, like, making sure there wasn't too much trouble going on. Mm -hmm. And... Um, <laughs> All of my friends are like, oh, those cops are all so hot. I wish they would, like, <laughs> lock me up and throw me in the back of the van. And I was like, yes! Yeah, there we go. That's the spirit this thing. Is, this is what the world is missing. Europeans are still horny. Yeah, they are. Now, that was evident to me from last year, too. But, like, most of my most of my friends here are all, like, like these women are all pretty much, like, 30 and up. Yeah. So they're still part of the generation that wasn't completely uh, ruined by ideology. Right. Well, yeah, plus uh, I feel like it never had the kind of chokehold in Europe that it did that it did in the States, you know, like and look at me saying the States. <laughs> the States. The States. Yeah. Like I, a fucking Euro. And also like, I don't know, I just I've had too many uh, too many Latinos, Latinos. Uh, correcting me here saying it's America's, you know, two continents. Oh, God. Which is funny because in German, the um, official word for listing your nationality, if you're from the U.S., is Amerikanisch. Amerikanisch, yeah. So I'm like, uh, according to the German government, it is. Ich bin ein Amerikanisch. Yeah. Whatever that means. Mm. There's a really big movement in Germany to restore um, like wildflower fields so they've cordoned off that whole section of the field to just basically allow uh, wildflowers to grow unencumbered from whatever's mm -hmm. going on whatever is going on <laughs> One thing that I also appreciate about Europe is I feel like the... Do you want this or should I toss it? You can toss it. I feel like the um, general level of physical fitness mm -hmm. among people tends to be higher. It's like I feel like in a public park in Europe looking around at people in uh, swimsuits is not like a haunting and horrifying experience like it right. is in a lot of parts of the US. Yeah, it's not like, it's not so much like you're at a, at a melting wax museum. <laughs> Two refugees from the rugby team over there. <laughs> I'm sure that's also just like a 
that's just a that's a kind of a motivational component to the desire for being nude in public. Oh yeah. Is that you know generally people are in okay shape. Yeah. They're not ashamed of their uh, appearance and. Yeah. Bush yeah, well, urinate in. That's a good idea, urinating that bush. But you don't want it you don't want anyone to be hiding there when you do it. I mean that's the uh, that's the exciting part. Right. Why, what why, if you... why why pay for a public restroom when uh, there's a mouth right there? Yeah, there's a mouth. <laughs> you'll suddenly hear you'll hear a gurgling and then it Dos Americanos. <laughs> There's two Americas, my mouth and my hole. Exactly. All right, that, this looks fairly uh, safe over there. Yeah. Oh, I'll wait here. Oh. Thing that's nice is public urination isn't frowned upon in general as much here as it is in the states. Yeah, you, you're not going to get on the sex offender registry for doing it. No, no. It was really funny actually. Like quite close to where you're staying, I was walking back from something, and there was like a guy on a motorcycle that just couldn't hold it anymore. So he just pulled over on the side of the road and just like whipped it out and started peeing in like full view of everyone, <laughs> and no one did anything. I mean, it is sort of a something that people just have to do you know it's not voluntary to pee like maybe we shouldn't be so harsh about persons of yellow expulsion <laughs> Lives, yeah, the urinating lives. Oh, the Dutch. What is this? Shit. It's the Southern German uh, newspaper. Are they selling or just giving away? Uh, they give it away usually, and then they'll like try to get you to sign up for like a trial subscription that you then have to cancel a few weeks later. Oh, okay, it's a whole thing. Yeah. Back when I was like really working on improving my German, I was reading the paper a lot more, 
Um, I would be switching from paper to paper to paper. Mm -hmm. Do you read Der Spiegel? Der Spiegel? Um, yeah, sometimes. Usually like a few odds and ends articles. There was like a really good one about the uh, difference between equity, look out for the bicyclist, equity and equality. Oh wow, they went there. Which was funny because it was like critical of this idea of, of, of trying to create like equity or whatever the, right. whatever the worst thing is. <laughs> it's equity. Yeah. Spanish, Spanish wave, or was it Argentinian? Some point soon, I need to rest a bit because uh, I'm still in zombie mode. Yeah, we can uh, start circling back then. Mm. Just, I mean, by rest, I just mean sit down somewhere. Okay, yeah, we, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. This, this, is, this is perfect. Then there's a. Uh, I don't mean sleep. Yeah, there's some like benches and stuff here that's like a bit in the shade, or we can yeah. the blanket down and chill for a bit. Yeah, it's like uh, it's nice to see like young gay guys that are still horny. True. Like here, for example. Rare sight. There's a lot of like uh, young people between the ages of like 18 and like 20 that are going to saunas and orgies and all of these things and really yeah. embracing the excessive homosexual lifestyle. Yeah, and that seems to have evaporated from that demographic in the United States. Yeah. What's the sauna here again? What's it called? Uh, Deutsche Eiche. German Eiche. Oak. And it's in that neighborhood? Yeah, in the Glockenbach vehicle. Yeah, it, that was the big, that was my big takeaway from Vienna was like, that from that thing in Vienna was like, not that there were that many 18 to 20 year olds, but there were some. That's the thing, There's, they, they exist, right? Yeah. Yeah, it was funny, I was like dating this um, younger guy for a little bit, 
and it was funny because he was telling me about his first experience going to Kit Kat in uh -huh. Berlin. Yeah. And he was shocked because he saw this, he was like 18 and there was this other like uh, little blonde twink from Munich. Um, and he walks into Kit Kat and he sees this like innocent blonde kid that he knew from like Munich basically like in a sling getting fisted by an army of like oh my God. Berlin daddies. Um, and yeah, I thought it was like equal parts shocking and liberating. And Kit Kat is not is, is actually like a typically a straight or or mixed club, but that what the first Pride party revolver party is there. Yeah, they were sold out when I looked for a ticket, so I guess I'll just show up at the door. Yeah, no, it's always you can always buy like the pre-sale tickets, but if you don't get it, just go yeah. to the door, look cool, and get in. But yeah, it's funny like. Some friends of mine were in Berlin two weekends ago, and the girls really wanted to go to Kit Kat. And it's funny because having that reputation as like the Berlin sex club, I think has turned it into more of a tourist attraction than anything else. That's all I've ever seen there. Yeah, especially on like non-fetish nights. So just because of their travel plans, they had to go on a Monday. And it was like basically just a lot of very like ab like normal sort of looking people kind of my like, ha 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 and then the yeah, sex club but nothing, yeah. nothing's happening. Disneyland vibes. Yeah, I think you need to go there on like the most perverted party night in order to see anything like actually interesting. Yeah. Well, that better be Friday. Yeah. Yeah, I really wanted to go to the snacks party at. Bergheim this year, but the scheduling unfortunately didn't work out. That was in the in April, or yeah, it's like Easter weekend. But also, it was unclear if they were having it because of COVID, and then it was saying they were shifting it to a date in May or whatever. And was like, fuck it, we'll just wait till next year. Yeah. I was my very first time in Berlin when my film was being screened at Max and Gorky. It was uh, snacks weekend, but like I would say, no chance. But I, I was too busy, too yeah. tired. Yeah. But everyone there was telling me, like, oh, this is everyone in Europe, all the gays in Europe are here. Yeah, yeah. It seemed fun. Yeah. That's the thing, though. It's like, when you're in Europe, you can easily just hop on over for one of those things, even if you're not in Germany. No, like, that's, that's the thing. Like, this, the whole, like, Ryanair, EasyJet thing just makes it super easy and cheap to go anywhere. Yeah. My flight to Croatia was 17 euros. <laughs> <laughs> And the thing is, like, I don't know, it's not like Flying Spirit or Frontier in the States where you have to be worried about getting mauled by, like, an angry customer. Yeah. Um, or, like, taped to a seat by a flight attendant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those can be pretty grim. Oh, you can put that in the bag. Oh, okay. Got warm real fast. Yeah. Now the sort of peak of the heat wave is supposed to happen at Yeah, so it's 33 and dumb degrees. And then it gets up to 35, like at 3 and, and 4. And then starts to cool back down around 9. Yeah, so the club that we go to tonight, um, 
is quite nice. It's like it's smaller, but there's two floors on the inside, two bars, um, mainly techno playing, and there's this one room upstairs which has sort of like R&B or like pop remixes going. Um, and then there's an outdoor area for smoking, smoking, talking, chilling. Nice. Yeah. Pimpernel had good music playing, good techno music playing. Yeah, yeah. It's like, first thought I had was, like, oh, there's literally nowhere, I keep on think. I keep on having this thought, of course, but like, there's literally nowhere in LA that I'm aware of yet that has regularly good techno music. Yeah. It's all, all the gay places have dumbass, dumb, retarded gay, like, uh, EDC kind of music, EDM, yeah. but like, the, the most retarded version. Just like, solid techno music. Where, with, which you can actually dance. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard to find. Like a, a primal sort of beat to it that just like I don't know. For me, it's like th that sort of German or European brand of techno really just like ignites something in me. Yeah, it's just good music. That's all. Yeah. I mean, there are. It's, there's plenty of like good DJ, good DJs and stuff in LA. But yeah. you have to get a ticket. Get, yeah. I'm talking about like a regular. Just the to, club. Like, yeah. Spot it. Yeah. Just like a regular club that you can reliably find it in. Yeah. I don't know why that's so difficult. Yeah. No. I think it's it's quite. Yeah. And like I, I don't know. I kind of dislike um, going to an event for like a specific. DJ a lot of times. I mean, it can be cool also, but it's just nice to sort of have a club where you just know the regular sort of whoever's playing that night's gonna be yeah gonna be your vibe. It's it's more um, the events are more they can be fun, but they're they're a little bit there's more formality. Yeah, just like people are there. They are. It's very crowded and stuffed inside, and it's like everything's a little bit mapped out. You know, it's not like this where people are just like hopping, you know, popping right in. It took a train for two hours just to see what happens. Yeah, I mean, I think that's kind of like the one thing about LA's sort of sprawl that can be a bit tough is like going to a place sometimes is like a, it's a mission. It is a mission. It's always a mission. It's always a quest. Yeah. Which can be, I think, very good and very rewarding, but it's one of those things where like that music festival that we were at, they had this off-site nightclub for like midnight to 6 a.m. Yeah. Um, but the thing is, like you, it's you know a few miles away or whatever. So once you're there, you're stuck, and you either yeah. have to wait for the bus to take you back in the morning, or pay a ridiculous fee for a cab. Yeah. But yeah, sometimes feeling stranded somewhere is what people need to like force them to have a good time. True. That could be the case. Sometimes they just need to be stranded. Yeah. In LA, the big... Um, well, I think not just LA, but anywhere in the in America, the big obstacle is, this is going to sound sinister, but to separate people from their friends, mm -hmm. <laughs> just so they can have like, they can literally live in the moment a little bit and not just be caught up in this tightly wound like drama of 
let's all stick together and like da, 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 da. I mean they were like that in Vienna too at the gay club yeah. at, the, at the gay bar everyone they were all just like zoomers basically yeah. it is a, mainly a problem with zoomers there's a little more fluidity with like the old like millennials I think what happens is like there's an insecurity that makes them want to seek a sort of pack so they don't feel like if they go somewhere and don't find someone that they're like alone yeah but then when they do start to find someone there's like a hyper awareness of how that interaction is going to be perceived by their little like pack of queens right. that they're running around yeah, with. Yeah, they're, 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 everything is how it's being perceived. Everything. And they will get fucking, te- like, they'll, 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 you'll talk to someone, te- like, you know, six feet away from their little friend group. And they'll fucking start texting them. They'll like be texting and shit. Yeah, and no, they'll be like making little eyes and like little insane behavior. You see some of that in like gay clubs here, but not to the same extent. No, it's better here. No. But but it was bad in at the gay at the gay bars in Vienna that night before the sauna. I, it was a lot of that. And part of it was just my confusion because I'd never done gay bars or clubs or any of it before. So I was just like, was it always like this? Or I, it doesn't seem like it's much. Like, all I'd ever hear is about crazy interactions at gay, you know, like yeah. you can't, the, all, you know, the, lo- the, the mythology of gay bars is always that you met, you meet someone, this happened, that happened. Like, did this just, when did this stop and when did this begin? When did the uh, current, I mean, it's just girl behavior. It's like, it's yeah. exactly the way girls behave at clubs. Yeah. When they're not being total, when they're not being like really cool or yeah. really or really uh, loose, yeah, gay guys need to behave like fat women. Yeah, fat, like <laughs> the DGAF. Yeah, spiraling women. <laughs> like a girl right after a breakup or like some horrible thing. Horrible, yeah, some horrible thing where she's just like alone in New Orleans. <laughs> <laughs> a fat chick alone in New Orleans really just just she needs to prove something to her fucking mom yeah no it's like it's, her sister <laughs> she needs to prove it to her fucking poor sister yeah she needs to get knocked up by a black guy to really this is show exactly, her racist yeah racist you know I, exactly this is literally what so my last time I was in New Orleans I think it was the last yeah we were driving through this is way back 2008 and we're driving from New York to LA stopped in New Orleans for a few days in the lobby of our hotel there's a uh, 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 a team a pack of fat fat women very fat mother mother's friend Mother's best friend. Oh, yeah. Daughter, sisters. <laughs> bachelorette party. Oh, fuck yes. Yes. And it, and I we, I really liked them, like, right away. Like, they were so cool. I mean, they were just, like, friendly. Like, the mom, the mom's best friend, they were, they, they were, they were funny. And, like, I'm just thinking back to this now, like, holy shit. Is this the last time I had to interact? Like, this was, like, one of these things you don't see anymore. Where, like, yeah. it's, like, everyone, all the, they're all being funny and, and raunchy and cool. <laughs> 
and it and it and it was pretty clear from the early on that the mom and the friend are trying and the sisters are trying to like set up set up their daughter the bachelorette yeah. with either one of us because their mission for this bachelorette party is to get her to cheat yeah, yeah. because they because they don't like the guy she's marrying they want it to break. <laughs> they want it to break so they have like a definite they definitely have this like overall mission of getting her blacked on this thing so such that she cannot go through with the marriage to the very end. And she's like young, they're yeah. fat. She's like, you know, early twenties. It was very funny. It was like a, like Melissa McCarthy type of movie vibe to it. <laughs> but yeah, that's exactly what you want from the, from the non-fat gay boys. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's a combination of social media and like Grinder that really sort of. Yeah, I was gonna say Grinder, but they're not even on Grinder anymore, as far as I can tell. I feel like it's really social. I feel like it's really like Snapchat, Instagram, whatever. Uh, having like, I think they, I think they, they've like. They're just constantly chat. You know, they're just constantly texting and like sending pics. Maybe and like that, you know, working their filters. Yeah, I think that's where the mind is at. Yeah. It's all in that. It's all in the chat yeah. feel. Yeah, it's not even grinder because grinders even grinders like too much, too on the nose. Yeah, no, I, I think I think I more meant grinder in the sense that it. Um, yeah, it disembodied the. It enables people to sort of get in their little uh, packs at the club because when oh, they want yeah. to go home with someone, they can just open the app. Right, right, and right. discreetly tuck away without too much, you know, yeah. weird eyes from their friend group. True. Yeah, but, it's it's funny. Like if you're at the um, at the gay club and you like open the app just to sort of see the density of people that are online. I always love doing that just to kind of see like how many people are like, instead of just actually going up and talking to people, trying yeah. to mitigate this through, through grind. And the answer is always some, but I've known, because I've done the same. Yeah. And, I, and in one case, I was literally like chatting with someone three feet away. Yeah. The yeah. first, my first, at New Year's Eve it was. It was my first ever warehouse party, gay warehouse party. This just last New Year's Eve, and it, that happened. And uh, but the, but but uh, that it hasn't happened since. And I feel like even that's like I feel like that may be there in their back of their minds, but it's like they're not even doing that. Um, yeah, it's it's a whole it's a whole. Like a whole hurdle to get to the point where you're willing to talk to people, to strangers. Yeah. Yeah, but it's funny. Like that's that that thing you mentioned in the episode about Vienna in terms of like being in the sauna and like asking him like, "Do you want to go back with me?" Yeah, that was it's some gay. Yeah. Something that I can really like, I think, relate to in these sort of stressful, trying to sort of peel one off from the herd environments in in nightclubs or whatever is because you sort of need to like develop the exit strategy. Yeah. But the sauna is a completely different ball yeah, game. Yeah, which I was not obviously aware of, you know. I yeah. wasn't aware of just how much, how much it was a, first of all, how much anyone who is there is 100% down for there. That's, 
because I'd never I'd never been in such an environment yeah. where that was the case. Yeah. Where literally that's why they're there. There's no other, there's no there's no future. <laughs> exactly. The future is now. The future is cloud. The future is the dark room or the every whatever room. Wherever you want it, whenever you want well, it. Well, yeah, wherever. It's the moment. I'm also just like, you know, unaccustomed to those environments because like, I like my comforts. I like to have my, like, the bed, I like the room and I like the, the, the privacy, I like the, the, you know, the kind of uh, grimy uh, atmosphere of those places isn't in my typical repertoire, but one has to just not be such a mini. Yeah, no, one has to adapt to the circumstances. Yeah. So the, is the sauna here a good spot or is it kind of... It's a pretty good spot. Um, mainly I think on more like certain certain, like, or right. certain times. Um, after a big party or whatever. Yeah, after a big party or like there were like certain times where like uh, guys are riding men grinders and hey, like maybe like let's go to the sauna or whatever. So there's, yeah. I think it's just about getting there at the right sort of... Yeah, that, I think that's always the trick with saunas. Yeah, yeah. And there's not like a guide that you can just sort of look up. It really takes sort of, I guess, feeling it out. But yeah, if you plan it right after a big party, that's usually a good sort of yeah. strategy. But yeah, that sort of combination hotel sauna slash rooftop bar is, is really nice because you can uh, go get into your debauchery downstairs, have a nice drink on the terrace and, and really sort of- I love uh, that combination. I mean, I enjoyed the um, pause while we admire the scenery. <laughs> I enjoyed the um, just. I mean, I didn't enjoy. I mean, I was kind of. I was kind of being miserable. But I like just the fact that I was able to have a an americano in between my and in between the acts of my yeah. Vienna bathhouse yeah. play. That was nice. Like. I like, I did, it's good to have a little balance. That's a good thing about space too in Miami, yeah. where, which they have like that cafe area downstairs. Not yeah. that I made use of it when we were there, but I was like, oh. It's nice that to decompress. The yeah, the option to decompress, a little bit more mellow, get, gather your energy. Yeah. And I mean, the thing is like, I feel like places like space where the expectation is that you come and potentially are staying for like more than a 24 hour period, you, you need that, right? Yeah, you like, do, you do. Same with like the Berlin clubs. There's places where you walk in on a Friday night and don't leave until Sunday morning. I don't know if I'm physically capable of such a marathon. It takes a lot of drugs. Yeah, it has to be, <laughs> you have to really. Yeah, it's not usually my style either. I enjoy my creature comforts a little bit too much yeah. to really do that. I think typically like seven to 12 hours is where I max out for, for clubbing. Yeah. I mean, I think the most I've ever done is at last time at space, like even the, even the Vienna thing was just like, by the time I got there, it was 8 a.m. I closed at noon. Yeah. Like that was four hours and it felt like, it felt like a good long while. And I was practically sober, yeah. which is amazing. I mean, I had literally one mid edible the whole, the whole, that was all I had. And it was like a hybrid. Yeah. I mean, it was better than nothing, but. 
It was that and the espressos. <laughs> I mean, and for me, that's, that's one of the interesting things, too, is like the drugs that sometimes help you stay awake for clubbing aren't necessarily the drugs you want to be in or like be on when you're fucking. Right. It's really a... Uh, it's not, it's not, it's really, yeah, it's, it's not necessarily a fit at all, which is why then you have to make up for it by mixing with all kinds of other things. Exactly. And by the end of that, who knows where you end up? <laughs> <laughs> who knows where you wash up? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm sort of cautious about... about going too hard with drugs in that environment. Just because I feel like, do I really need, like, you know... You know, like, when I've done hard drugs, hard drugs being just Molly, like, yeah. It's always like, I know the circumstances. I'm with my friends, we're at a thing. We know when it's gonna end. We've timed it all out. Yeah. We're gonna have a nice little decompressing, come down, walk back, and chilling in the balcony or whatever. But, you know, like, I have it all figured out. Whereas, in the, in a sex jungle, you need to be kind of on your, you need to kind of have your wits about you, mm -hmm. unless you plan to be passed around, I guess. I then mean, you might, then you might just be okay with... Taking some G and, uh, yeah, and seeing what happens. And just seeing what, and just waking up 10, 10, yeah, like 10 dicks later, I don't know. Yeah. Um, Counting the sharpie marks on your ass. <laughs> right. Count, yeah. Yeah. Bringing your little, bringing your little uh, rear view ass mirror yeah, to count exactly. the sharpie marks. <laughs> but uh, yeah, like I, you know, like if I take, even if I take, even like to, with Molly, if I do a Molly at any one of these things, it's like okay, it's gonna start. If I don't, unless I plan to re up two, three times. Yeah. I can re up once. I'm gonna keep on re upping. Then I'm on a then I'm on a, on a roller coaster that I, I haven't been on before, yeah. and then it becomes a calculation of, well, this is it. Like this is it for my weekend because once I come down from this, you're gonna be dead. I'm gonna yeah. be dead for the rest of this trip. So you know. Well, when you, and the thing is, like it's it's like law of diminishing returns. Basically, it's like each time you take more of it, like the less and less it like does for you. You know. Yeah, and it and it becomes and it becomes. A matter of literally, it's just keeping you awake at yeah. one point. I don't know. The combination of hot people, like, that you don't normally see in your everyday life, which I don't. Um, hot young gays and uh, you know, weed. Shrooms also has, shroom is good too, but shroom also has like a, you know, there's a point where the sh you get tired, yeah. you, where it kind of breaks up and you get, you kind of get sleepy and emotional. Yeah. Um, it's not unpleasant, but it just kind of, so I don't know about the, even that. Yeah, but it's, it's funny, like just how much being in a place with good music Music is 90% of it. Hot people. And hot people. It's hot people a drug and music. in and of itself. Yeah. Well, some, oh yeah. Big, 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 uh, a big a, a realization I had not that long ago. I think it was in San Diego when the music was shit at this event we were at. All night long it was shit. And then finally, at 
3 a.m., a good DJ came on for the last hour. Yeah. And the entire room, this is a straight fit. Were you at Spin? Was it Spin? I feel like Maybe. that's the one San Diego, I mean, I know it's changed it, since they changed the laws in California, but that was like the one place in San Diego that was a 4 a.m. Might very well be Spin. I, I don't so, remember. Yeah. It was like college, Not. it was like the, the varsity themed, whatever, mm -hmm. college themed thing. It has like several different rooms. It's yeah, like yeah. Big, big, kind of a big place. But the hardcore techno room wasn't good. The mainstream big room wasn't good. Everything was shit, music-wise. Full of people, but shit. Yeah. It was last June. Yeah. Then when that fucking good music started at 3 a.m., it's like it was like a movie. It was like the entire place. It's like we entered like a, you know, everyone was suddenly completely dialed into each other and into the music and it was all worth it for that and I'm like oh and then you know I was on I was on a combination of weed and shrooms you know like, like you know typically I'm like well these shrooms must not be working uh this weed must be shit I don't know I don't feel anything but when that music hit oh and, and you were you were you you know you were flying high and I was like that's when I realized music is 90% of the drug oh for sure oh let's see I was having a I was at like an underground Last night I was completely sober and the music was good. Yeah. And I was, you know, I went to the point of flirting with somebody, like, and dancing to it and flirting, like, yeah. and, and I was jet lagged. Yeah. I was fucking finished. I shouldn't have gone in there in the first place. I should have just gone to the hotel, but I was like, I'm going to just check it out. You were a man with a dream. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, I have to see, you know, I, I'm such a, a slut with, like, I'm so, I have to, like, I'm there. Who knows if I get another chance because, you know, we have our own thing tonight. Yeah. I'm no, like, you need, I have you to need check to it like, out. You when you to told me it was out, Freddie yeah. Mercury's spot, and it's like, oh, it's open seven days a week till six. I gotta check it out. Yeah, yeah. And because the if the music was crap, I would have been out of there in minutes. Exactly. You know? Exactly. Yeah. Or if, the, if it was just mediocre, I would have been out of there in minutes. But yeah, no, there's there is something just different about the music and the types of people that go to places in like California versus here and like it really does take staying to like that 3 a.m. set in a lot of places to access something similar. My question is simple because now since since I'm now a part-time DJ for my own podcast where I have to choose new songs yeah you know and like mix them up a little bit I'm just like why is it so hard to push a fucking button and play good music at a fucking club? Yeah. Why is that so beyond? Like, why is why is there a single bad DJ? I don't get it. It's not that hard, right? To find like good music, just have taste. Just have taste and press play. Like that's. Well, I don't and, know. and that's the thing, right? It's like I will forgive so many mistakes in terms of actually like mixing, like in terms of the technical execution of it. I don't really give a fuck. I mean, yeah, it's nice when they do it well, but. Well, you definitely don't want them, with, which is what 90% of them do, which is to have a big old gap in between songs. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. you need the fucking music to be nonstop. Yeah. That's rule number one in my book. Yeah. Often violated. Yeah. <laughs> Often, yeah. the music will stop. And then another song will start playing 10 seconds later. They, Great. They, they, they don't have the 15-second uh, overlay setting set up on their Spotify. I, I don't get it. <laughs> what the fuck is going on? <laughs> it's not that hard. Yeah, DJing was like a hobby that me and my, like the lesbian friend I was telling you about that moved to Berlin, um, that we took up throughout like the winter and spring of this year. That was, that was fun, learning how to do that stuff. You took a, you did like a DJing course? No, we just like taught ourselves. Basically, I bought a, 
I bought a controller during lockdown and we just would um, go to her house or go to my house and get like a bottle of wine or some beers. And DJ just, for yourselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like That's learn fun. how to do it and explore like different music and yeah, it was a, it was a fun time. That's cute. Yeah, yeah. I know people who've been taking DJing courses. Oh, the hot guy just like disappeared. Where did he go? He went, I think he came to the park. He just like vanished. Should we follow? Yeah, let's follow. <laughs> let's stalk him. <laughs> We've like got the recorders. He probably thinks we're playing. Yeah. We just like start following him like. <laughs> no, but I don't know. There was just something so erotic about the way he just like dipped his head in the. Oh, I was, just like yeah. coolly. I was the like, way he did, the way he cooled his hair. Yeah, the way he yeah. splashed the water onto his hair from the public fountain was so hetero. Yeah. Yeah. It was very. It was very admirable and macho. Yeah. I feel like I'm having a Zach Langley Chi Chi yeah. like impale myself at the sight yeah. of like true beautiful masculinity. Yeah. Plus he's he's quite the quite the dish. Yeah. And smoking his pre-rolled cigarette, which I'm always a uh, like the ones you roll yourself, I always admire people who do that. Yeah. Yeah, there's just a lot of, at least in my opinion, maybe I just have I don't know, maybe I'm biased, but I just think there's so many attractive people in this city. I've noticed quite a few, and by the way, a lot of chicks that are attractive. That's the thing. A there's a lot of hot bitches in the city. Yeah. I was telling, I'm, I, I feel like telling, you know, spreading the word to my straight friends. And German girls tend to be pretty down to fuck. Yeah. I've, I mean, you could, you know that just because, like, just from the fact that there's any sort of like there's a little bit of like action like in the gay in the berlin clubs among straight people too yeah which yeah. is unheard of where we're from and it's funny like there's a there's something about i think the german sensibility and like a almost level of masculinity that's accessed by a lot of women here um like you'll see a lot of times on uh tinder if you're swiping for men like couples looking for um, MMF threesomes. Yeah, that's that's always fun to see. That yeah, it's nice to see. Yeah, the German um, kinkiness and, and depravity truly is uh, widely distributed yeah. uh, to, to relative to any other. Now, my first time in Munich was summer of 2015 my mom was here for a work trip and so I just popped over and I was just like so taken aback by the way people looked and like interacted with each other and the environment and I like kind of knew in that moment like okay I want to spend more time here so I did a summer internship here and then decided to move here and now it really feels like home more so than anywhere else ever has for me um, yeah, no, it's it's really like I feel like I found my city. Yeah. Oh no. We have a pitbull. We have a pitbull. <laughs> oh, oh no. Uh, we have a pitbull mask. <laughs> now in the same bench. Oh god, I can't wait for you to. The Europeans love getting like the worst tattoos that you have oh my god. ever seen. I love my uh, so my Instagram recommendation algorithm is basically all just like um, hot German uh, aesthetic bodybuilding himbos that like try to speak English but can't, which right. is super cute. Um, 
and they all just get the most like horrible chest tattoos that, like fortune favors the brave and oh shit my like god that. yeah just like ta like like uh, fortune cookie uh, like uh, typo type of uh, mo motivational. Oh shit, oh shit, he's doing the straight man making out with the dog. He is making out with the dog. The straight man, blonde, is making out with his pit bull, kissing him and rubbing him on the neck and kissing his head. Yeah. Oh yeah, there's a very... Looks like this guy's gonna join him. Yeah. No. no, no, just passed right by. Yeah, I love like the uh, the white sneakers with like the calf length socks. And yeah, short, shorts. short pink shorts, very tan legs. Yeah, short pink shorts, white t-shirt, white socks, white sneakers. I'm glad my sunglasses are dark. Yeah, exactly. And get my peeping tom action on yeah so that yeah whatever asian tattoos on his neck has got to be retarded right like whatever it says it's got to be something like you know like reach for the fountain or something <laughs> my uh there's like a troop of, so one of my favorite Instagram accounts is um, like Leia's uh, fave, fave TikToks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she finds the, she really finds them. She should be, the, she should be the only American allowed to use TikTok. Exactly. But it's great because there's, she like features this troop of German himbos all of the time. And I'm like, <laughs> these are all like your typical um, German influencer types that are just, Incredibly dumb, incredibly hot, and just doing ridiculous things on the internet. It is something when you look at those videos with their face, with like that TikTok face, and you're like, oh, this, like, you see that these people, their career is like being dumb and hot, literally yeah. in every way. Yeah. Where it used to be that you were dumb and hot, but oh. Oh, okay. Oh, this guy's oh, really tatted up. Did you did you see? Like it's it's a it's a, it's a bitch. Um, and she literally got weapons pissing oh. when she saw him. Oh my god. Mmm, Now, he has a huge bag, so they must be going to the park. Right? Yeah, yeah, they're gonna. I, the park usually gets more popping in the afternoon. Right. Yeah, that guy looked like, like, he looks like a like a German Uyghur. This is the friend. Oh, the, the, so the Uyghur community a Uyghur. is huge here. There are yeah. a ton of Uyghurs. Also, German rap is like a huge thing, which is funny because it's all done by like the the Turks. Um, some of it's good, but most of it's just like, Turks do German rap. I remember the old days of German rap. Yeah, yeah, yeah which was not Turks. Yeah. What I like about the German guys is that. Not, not in the case of these last two stud muffins but that we saw at the bench, but there's a lot of hairdos you don't see anymore anywhere else yeah. that are still being worked over here with success. Yeah. I don't even know what they're called. But like even like that like that hair, you don't see that hair anymore. Where yeah. that, that young the one to the left in the purple shirt. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they do like the sort of the 
medium-length men's hairstyles. And Germans just tend to genetically, for whatever reason, have like great hair texture. Yeah, that that's what I was gonna say. Freedom to do stuff that you just don't see other places because yeah. it doesn't work. Yeah, it's the medium where it's not long, but it's like it requires a full head of hair yeah. to work. Yeah, and the thing is like. For me, the sort of peak German male is the one who you can tell, like, pays attention a little bit to how they look, but the beauty and the look is still very effortless. Yeah. It's the ones where they get sort of overly, like the two guys with the dog, it's like, okay, you're trying a little bit too hard, sweetie, like, just, yeah. just back it off a little bit. I mean, you know, I gotta say, for, like, I feel like such a spectator, most of Europe, but especially here, like, I'm like, I don't, I don't get these people at all. Like, I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't know what, I don't know what, where the German male is coming from at all. Yeah. An exotic creature to me. Like, whatever combination of residual... Nazism, yeah, <laughs> and all and everything you know, guilt, uh, everything like I, the uh, like like extreme liberality in one sense, and I I, I, just, I can't wrap my head around it. Like I, mean, I don't know what I'm dealing with. It's it's such a contradiction because it's such a libertine culture, but it's so characterized by restraint and organization. Yeah, restraint, organization, libertine. Um, that there is an obviously like whatever happened in the 1930s is there, latently there yeah. somewhere yeah, you know yeah, it's sure. like to be tapped what, like that whole puzzle and this, this idea of, of them also being aware that they're really smart, by the yeah. way. They're yeah. very intelligent. Like, I mean, yeah. and like, like legit. Like, you, you can, you will frequently be able to just start up a conversation. Not necessarily with the Wiggers. I don't know. I haven't really had conversations with them. But in normal society, like, you strike up a conversation with a German guy. It's, li it's, it's liable to be a, a, a intelligent conversation. He can hang, and he will have like philosophical. Uh, you know, he would have, he'll have philosophical bona fides. He'll have, he'll be able to hang with a lot of different conversations. Yeah, I mean, there, I think, there's, so there's like the three different sort of um, secondary educations here. You have the Hauptschule, the Realschule, and the Gymnasium. And the Gymnasium is like the university track one, right? And really sort of a comprehensive. Um, humanities education for a lot of these types of schools and the way the examinations work it's a lot of um, in addition to like written stuff also oral right so I just think from a very young age they actually engage with and sort of analyze it's a very analytical culture yeah yeah um, for, yeah for sure it is analytical and maybe there's a lot of self-analysis going on too I don't know well and it's it's, it's funny right like the like you were saying, this sort of whatever happened in the 30s definitely still existing. And they're aware of that, and they're, at some level, I think almost sort of afraid of themselves too, which makes for a very interesting, um, right, very interesting situation. Like, it was funny, there were so many Germans that were like, 
freaking out about the vaccine passports because they're like, look what happened to us the last time we started creating documentation <laughs> yes. for right. people like that. Right, right, right. right. You know, no, that's, a, I mean, no, I mean, it was evident to me from my very first visit. There's a hot, I feel, okay, so I think there's a really hot guy on that bench all the way over there. Oh, the one I can't the, really the, see the very- in the tank top that's yeah, smoking? Yeah, I can't see him in clear, clearly, but he has like big old arms. Yeah, He's yeah. like tall and- want, if you're feeling rested, we can take a little stroll around that section. There's like one site over there, the Zegas tour that you can see. Okay. Yeah. Um, and maybe I need, I need to re-up on a cool drink. That we if can If there's a place with the- Also We can this. sit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, you're right though. But I was saying like, yeah, it was obvious like with every German I met in Berlin that first trip. Yeah. I mean, it was obviously, there was also, I was there with a movie about the Armenian Genocide, it's 100th anniversary, so there was that whole thing hanging over it, but still, there was a lot of, like, obvious, like, it was like every other sentence, th there was a, somehow the Holocaust guilt enters, like, in every other sentence, you know, and it wasn't just the crowd, it was just like, it's obvious it's there, I mean, it's, it's, it's baked into all their politics, too. Like one of my one of my best friends here, um, her grandfather like served in the uh, German army during World War II, right? Um, and she has this beautiful photo of him in his uniform, and she's like, I don't know if I'm like allowed to display this like in my kitchen. And I was like, what the Fuck, are you talking about? Of course you can. It's not right. It's your fucking yeah family. Like yeah. I mean, something. Yeah. Um, obviously, this is seldom commemorated, but something like I've, I've been, and I don't know it, I'm not an expert on it, but like, it's also no joke, if, you know, preceding the Holocaust, yeah. like the, the sort of, the way in which the Germans were, like, so punished by the winners of World War One, following World War One, and like the way like they're, yeah. So I wasn't, I was not wrong in my no, uh, distant wrong. observation yeah. about him. <laughs> that was, uh, it was quite, that was, that was quite the sight. Quite the sight. Better than I thought, actually. You need like uh, body cam footage for like a different Patreon tier. I really do. Thing. I'm just thinking how I can incorporate a visual element. Yeah. I do need a body cam of some kind because one of those like uh, like pervert spy cam. Yeah, yeah. Things. I really need that because I've I've also been noticing like you know I'm getting good I'm getting decent at like kind of from a very distant image like calling out what something is whether it's a you know like a store or whatever like yeah. what kind of a place it is what kind of a person so i need to be able to have the visual evidence so people can can back it up yeah. so for a drink do you just want something you can take on the go do you want to sit down somewhere we can sit, i mean well up to, it's up to you what were you thinking of doing what was our next move so i was going to go to like one of these little sort of like uh cafes with a terrace or whatever and we could just sit down and maybe yeah. have a drink that sounds perfect yeah okay. And we'll go somewhere where there's like nice foot traffic to sort of keep um, keep on to keep up this uh, <laughs> visually feeling yeah. well undressing yeah. them with our eyes. Yeah. Oh, one thing I love here is the phenomenon of the shirtless cyclist. Oh, that's yeah. That's that's always nice. Yeah. Oh hell yeah! This is the guy with the mullet on the phone riding on the back of his friends. Oh scooter. no! I, oh, I've I've seen a lot of those double up double team scoot. Oh, there he is. Yeah, yeah, yeah I see yeah. it. I see it. 
Yeah, that's a, that's always really cute too. When they're doubling up on a scooter. Yeah. Is this the university or is this? Yeah, this is. So this one isn't my university. This is um, the more like humanities and natural sciences based yeah. university. Um, and then my university is like the technical right. It's super close to here as well. Um, and they had a really awesome rooftop cafe with like the one of the best views of the city actually. Um, but during lockdown, I think it just became like it needed some renovation or whatever, so they shut it down for some stuff. And we don't know when it's going to reopen, but it really was kind of like a, a very sad loss. Yeah. This is a nice. Um, this is a nice block of architecture with the, the various colors. It, it kind of reminds me of that of I think Friedrichshain in Berlin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's got like a definitely like an Fheim type feel. Um, yeah. This so this neighborhood here is called Max Vorstadt, and it's also like quite a nice place to live. My apartment's just like basically. If you do you see that top of that church chapel at the end of the uh, yes. I live basically near near oh, that okay. area. Um, so yeah, I bike through here a lot. And there's some nice yeah. little restaurants, bars, cafes, things like that. It's very lively too because of the university. Yeah. Another thing I just noticed because that guy just did it to me is that uh, I feel like eye contact is a thing here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Which sends, you know, which is a in its in its way a kind of uh, mixed blessing if one is, well, for people of our inclination because. You'll, you'll get eye contact from someone, but it just, I think they're just being German. Yeah. <laughs> yeah but it does spark a little bit but of But it sparks a, like, woohoo, what's A little bit of excitement. Yeah, so what's going on? And then I guess it often, it may be, because that's like what happened with the, with that guy I was telling you about who hit on me at the, in Berlin in 2020. Like it started with just eye contact. Yeah. And I was like, what the, what's, what's even going on here? What, what's e what even is this? What year is it? Like that meme with the, uh, the, that Dale could the Agent Cooper meme. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and one thing that's also been nice about COVID that's here to stay is like letting them basically build outside seating on the um, on the main drag at the expense of parking, but Yeah. Not many people drive here, which is nice. This is one of my favorite Italian places here on the right. It's uh Super nice, super small inside. Menus handwritten every day. Really uh, a nice vibe. Oh, and, and let it not go without unmentioned uh, uh, that smoking on the patios of restaurants. <laughs> wow, I'm surprised. Yeah, yeah. They, are, they allow it. Yeah, I mean, it is, it, it is a shame that it doesn't take it to the Berlin level where at certain places you're still allowed to smoke inside bars. Uh, but, you know. Yeah, that's just like, to, that, that's now a a wonder of the world where if you could do that in a place that you also otherwise want to be because it's, a, it's one thing to be able to do it in some shithole you know yeah. Asian country yeah. but it's another thing to do it in a place you otherwise also want to be yeah exactly <laughs> so yeah these are kind of what I was I think I was talking about yesterday like buildings that you can tell needed to sort of be built um, after the war and just to build housing buildings on the right very limited architectural features um, if you go inside some of them kind of the layouts are a bit weird the rooms aren't like completely straight or whatever it's uh interesting yeah 
think another reason why women in Germany tend to be sort of so strong and so masculine is so many of the, um, after the Second World War and everything was destroyed, so many men were dead that a lot of women were the ones dead to who, pick up. Who, yeah. who rebuilt, right? Yeah. You even, and even, I think even after the First World War, you had that uh, element too, because you could you read these Berlin stories and stuff, and yeah. there's so many establishments that are operated by women. Yeah, yeah. So that tough, that tough, uh, yeah, that tough Frauen thing, yeah. The, uh, there's a sense of like frontier. There's like a, there's like a bit of the frontier woman to exactly. the German to the German lady. Yeah, I know for sure. And like one of my favorite characters actually in Berlin stories is his landlady. I can't remember what the hell her name is, but she's fantastic. yeah 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 yeah. It's uh, a Schroeder. A yeah, Sch- yeah yeah yeah. Frau Schroeder or whatever. Schroeder. Yeah. I read some pages this morning of Mr. Norris's tale. Yeah. <laughs> and like the whole cabaret, like the fact that it's like what inspired the like, cabaret basically, and then the connection with Liza Minnelli yes. essentially just makes it even more fantastic. Yes. Julia. Living piece of art. Oh, for sure. Yeah, it's funny, like, too. I'm convinced there's like a ton of underground money laundering or like, um,. Illegal stuff happening because there's so many shops here that you never see anyone going into. <laughs> yeah, um, but you wonder what what are they illegally doing because it's so easy to like what's going. You know, it's easy to guess what's happening when it's a front in America. Yeah, but I mean, something that is actually interesting that I didn't know until recently is that a lot of places, um, the city actually like subsidizes uh, or like limits renting of properties in like more sort of historic or desirable areas to try to prevent too many like big chain stores from taking root. Mm-hmm. There's a bookstore. Oh, there's a cool English bookstore we can walk past too. Oh, cool. Yeah, I'm gonna see if we can get a table at um, Cafe Zeitgeist. Oh, cool. <laughs> that's a there's a name. Yeah. If not, there's plenty of other places we can go. Cafe um, Zeitgeist. Yeah. Uh, got like a little sort of like hop area. Yeah. Go there. It's, it's got a nice vibe. Oh yeah. Love this hat maker. Hat maker. But yeah, I, you know the the weird emotional repress the the libertinism mixed with not only restraint. Not only like discipline, but emotional repression, yeah. which is interesting. Is open. Hi. Okay. Breakfast till four. Breakfast till four, good. Let's see what drinks they have. Yeah. 
mentioned that to me. Yeah. So is he still offline after Yeah, he's GST? offline for a, Yeah, he's going to be off for a while, I feel. He's like talking about returning in 2023. <laughs> it's too bad that he got so fucking screwed. Screwed, yeah, like... And GST's thankfully offline forever. Yeah, I'm glad the unmasking finally ended <laughs> Oh, that's great. They have the. Um, do you see the lady in the green dress with the super skinny cigarette? Yeah. They have, they have this brand of skinny cigarettes here called Vogue. Oh, yeah? Yeah. No, there's. The, the, the ladies here are stylish. Yeah. Um, Oh, we're gonna have to do liquid cocaines with you at some time. Liquid cocaine? It's a, uh, it's like a very Munich drink. It's basically similar to an espresso martini, but it comes in a shot glass. Sounds good. Yeah. Let's see if they give me shit for this cigar. I doubt it. People here tend to be pretty live and let live. Lieb and let live. It's not Lieb means God, right? Uh, Lieb no, means love. 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 Love and Say, love. Lab is love. Lab. A lot of pretty girls in this. Sure. There's a lot of pretty girls here. Are you listening? <laughs> listen here. You, yeah, listen here. You listen here. You in self fucking American fucking sexless goons come to Munich yeah. find yourself a fistful of frollen <laughs> oh my god Turkins? what the hell is that? Turkenstan? oh Turkenstrasse it's like the name of the street oh great yeah Strasse means street, street. yeah, yeah. Strasse Thank <laughs> you. 
I literally can't remember the last time I've been in a city where there's yeah. this many good looking women, to be honest with you. Yeah. Yeah, and like Instagram face like hasn't become too ubiquitous yet. Maybe. Yes. Like it's still like really natural looking. I think. Yeah, they're just like yeah. And like minimal really, makeup. And yeah, makeup. yeah, not much. Yeah, it, but but good stylish dress. Like this, this, this like it's just a waitress. She's really, she's a waitress. Yeah. yeah, yeah, she's really good looking. Yeah, she must be like a, she looks like a college girl. Yeah, like a lot of um, a lot of college students work in like food service or whatever. There's like a great um, there's this thing in Germany called a mini job where basically you can work for 450 euros a month tax free. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, that's. I think it's like the tips and stuff are all like under the table. A lot of times as well if it's cash, which right. is good. My uh, friend that I was talking about moved to Berlin. She uh, was like working in Munich, and then when she moved to Berlin, she did an internship and then just wanted to like improve her German. So she took a, went on unemployment to get a free German class and was like working under the table at a uh, like pizza restaurant. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Hello. Um, also, ich hätte gern ein Lillet Wild Berry. Do you want anything to drink? Uh, yes, I, I want. Um, what are you getting? Uh, it's like this like aperitif thing with Lillet and. Uh... Okay. Um, first, I want a sparkling water cold. Uh, um, big one. Big is one liter. Okay, small one. <laughs> and then I'll find. I'm gonna find something else. I think. Let's see. What would be a good cool down drink for, yeah. for me? That's I'm trying to think of it's not sugary. Yeah, not too sugary. If it's gonna be so something, sa I like sour things. So they lemony. have a they have a gin basil smash. It's got simple syrup in it, so it's probably still a little bit too sweet. There's a continental sour, which so it's like fresh and herbal. The porn star martini. Yeah. It's also look on the aperitifs menu. There was some like lemon thing that would really hit the spot. Yeah. There was a mint julep that would really hit the spot. There's an Aperol Sour. I wonder if that would hit the spot. Let me read the ingredients yeah. on that. Is it on the... Um... It's right here in the main cocktail. Yeah. It's got simple syrup in it, but... Yeah, that's not a big deal. But yeah. what's, what's Libitent? It sounds like... Lemon, lemon juice. Lemon juice. Okay, yeah, yeah maybe I'm going to try that. Yeah. It's always a good choice. Yeah, one of my uh, really good friends in Munich is um, diabetic, mm -hmm. so we're always like scouring the cocktail menu for something that's like straight tequila. Yeah, straight tequila. Yeah, I mean, I usually just get straight liquor, meat, yeah. or with you know soda or something. Yeah, which is perfectly fine. Oh, I invented a um, in Vegas years ago. I invented a cocktail called what was it? I think it was a, it was, I called it a vodka sparkle, mm. or a vodka, yeah, I think it was a vodka sparkle, and it was vodka, soda, 
Um, vodka soda, I think a little bit of cranberry juice and a little bit of lime and, 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 lime, and lemon. Mm. Whatever it is, it was really, yeah, it was really, it really hit this, it was really good. This is my mom would actually really enjoy. Just in, just a little bit of cranberry juice. Yeah. Nothing too, uh, too crazy. Yeah. I'm gonna get the Aperol sour. Thanks so much. Cheers. Cheers. It's not cold enough, feel free to ask for ice. Yeah, I know it's pretty cold so far. Um, this is also like a very typical Munich thing, is you'll see that like bag that she has, the bib bag. Mm -hmm. You uh, aren't allowed to take um, any bags that aren't clear into libraries. Mm. So most students purchase one of those because then you can have there been library shoot. shootings? No shootings. I think it's mainly just to make sure that you're not bringing in anything that could damage the books. Oh, or that I you're see. not taking any books out unauthorized. Oh, I see. I need to check when my dad's plane is coming in. Are you picking on that for Yeah. It's his first time traveling abroad since he was in the military, so he... <laughs> And also, my dad is not one who deals well with small inconveniences. I know, I know what you mean. So it's just better to like sort of control uh, what's happening. Also, I have ulterior motives with this trip, which are so my mom loves it here. Uh -huh. Oh, you're trying to get them to move? My mom would actually retire here. Uh -huh. um, my dad's never been. So I'm really trying to get him to fall in love with it as well. And like slowly start trying to get more roots here. Right. Warm to the idea. It's one of the, the, the one thing that I do struggle with in terms of living here. And it's one of the reasons why I'm glad that one, I have as much vacation as I do, and two, that I have the job that I do. Is um, you know, when my parents get old and get sick and need someone to take care of them, I, I want to be able to do that for them, like they took care of me when I was young, right? Right. Um, with my current employer, I'm allowed to take, I get one month of holiday paid. I'm allowed to take two months of holiday unpaid additionally every year. Um, and it's quite easy to do like temporary stays abroad, like mm -hmm. in an international office. Mm -hmm. um, but it would just be convenient if they were already here and a bit closer to home. Yeah, that's true. It would be otherwise, you know, you'd have to be, you'd face the, quite the, the, the dilemma of moving closer to them. Yeah. <laughs> I think it would be kind of an easy transition. My mom already has like a lot of friends here from work. 
Like they've come to California and stayed with us before. Right. But your, da your dad having not traveled overseas forever. But it's it was so cute. Like he's so excited about it. He like hasn't been able to stop talking about it. Um, and he wanted like a whole new wardrobe for this trip. <laughs> I had to uh, I had to break the news to him that certain graphic T-shirts that he owns he can't. Uh, he's not are, are banned what, what, what in this country. What kind of T-shirts does he have? No, no, it's not Confederate. So it's um, there's this tattoo parlor called First Amendment Tattoo that he has a T-shirt from, and the thing is it's First Amendment, so it's like basically <laughs> trying to compile you know like symbolism that's considered to be like whatever swastikas not even swastikas it's um there's an eagle on the back that looks similar to the eagle that they used for like the official sort of like german government stuff during that time period yes um and there's like a whole list of like symbols or images that are basically banned from from being worn um or displayed in germany so i told him you can't do that but it's funny one of the, one of my really good friends here she was born in manhattan beach actually but she her dad was always working abroad and so she lived in singapore for a very long time and they're like the swastika is like a very different symbol right um, so she has this backpack from when she was living in Asia that's just covered in like tiny swastikas. Oh my god. And she has it here and I'm like, you can never take that outside. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's interesting, like, free speech is in some senses better here, but in some senses also worse. Like, there's some stuff that you literally just cannot say from a legal perspective. But right, like, which is anything to do with the Holocaust or... Anything like that. Like, speaking about that in any sort of, like, particular way that's not, like, yeah. officially approved, right? Yeah. Um, there was also a situation with this journalist who was reporting on the Ukraine war uh, in Germany um, from the eastern regions, and if you talk to people that live there, it's not always 100% like pro-Ukraine, right? Um, and so she was reporting on those aspects of it, and she basically got called like Putin's mouthpiece. The German government seized her bank accounts and have basically begun like criminal proceedings against her um, in absentia. God. So it's, in that sense, it's a bit tough, but like the idea of cancel culture doesn't really exist here in the same way. Also, like, one thing I think is still kind of cool is it's still possible to like flirt with your colleagues here, whereas in the States, that's like, yeah, completely verboten. Yeah. Verboten. The kibosh on that. Yeah. I was, um, I was tripping out about that recently because it occurred to me how, I mean, this is nothing new, but it occurred to me just how cruel it is everyone, like, spends most of their day at work and flirting was banned from work, and now it's like, it's like, it's weird that workplace has become a worse prison than, like, being a school kid. Well, the, the, as an adult, you're not allowed to, like, be normal for, like, eight hours plus a day. Well, and the, the interesting part of 
about it for me is um, as this concept of like neo-feudalism where like basically you're a vassal of a corporation that you work for becomes more and more involved um, and you're basically expected to live on the reservation, right? So like Google in Munich, the cafeteria is completely free, serves three meals a day, there's game rooms, hangout rooms. They are literally trying to integrate every aspect of your life into, into the workplace. Right. But you're Except like not allowed to freely express I mean you can still freely express your opinions in Germany without getting like cancelled to the same extent you would in the States, which is cool. Um, but yeah, like you know, and you can still flirt with coworkers or whatever, so in that sense like an integrated um, personal and professional life does succeed more here. But it just sucks. Like I don't know. How about instead of a how about instead of a rec room or cafeteria, you just have a you know you have a, you know what I mean? Room to just slam one out. Real yeah, quick. just a slam room. <laughs> I'm willing to come out and say that I have um, masturbated in every workplace good. that I've ever worked in, <laughs> and I think that's a good thing. That should right. be encouraged. Yeah. Or there should there should be. There should be like a, you know, eyes wide shut. There should be, you know, not necessarily a dark room, but a, a, a place where you can wear a mask. You don't even know which colleague it is, but the two colleagues. Okay, this is something that's, that's crazy about my old job. So my old company, it's like a really big employer in Munich. Our build, we have like 15 buildings here, all in the same place. Um, like three to 4,000 employees on that campus. Thank you. Um, and there's a fitness center up there, right? But there's also a sauna, but it's German sauna, so it's nude. So you'll go in there nude. There's like, I think on Tuesdays it's just for women, but otherwise it's completely co-ed and you'll see... You could potentially see the CEO of the company in there, right? Yeah. Which I think is great. Um, and it's funny, like, I would always, like, uh, guys that would see me on Tinder or on Grindr that worked in the company would, like, find me on the company messenger and write me on the company messenger. Yeah. Which is, like, you know, this is, like, grounds for, like, never being able to work again in the U.S. Right. Yeah, totally. But here, business is usual. It just feels like like it's just like I'm, I'm almost like I'm not it, it weighs on me every time I come to Europe nowadays where or at least since last summer where I start to notice the difference so starkly between sexual relations here and, and, and I'm just like when well, here we're in a college town basically and I don't know it's like it feels like in, in there's so much panic baked in to there's like there's just so much like 
wound up panic just baked into expectations in, in, in America about rape and about this and that and it just, it just doesn't feel like that's a thing here and, and I'm trying to I'm trying to pinpoint where like to what degree is it is it a natural difference and to what degree is it just a manufactured insanity that makes everyone's life needlessly burdensome back I mean, it's, home. I mean, it's 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 interesting. Like, we were talking yesterday about like the sort of stereotypical difficulty of French people acquiring like a second language and mastering it and being able to communicate in it. And maybe there's some sort of like um, genetic explanation for that. There's definitely a genetic explanation in the sense that, you know, I, we're, we're, you know, I, I have to constantly now, now that I've been on the, on, on aware, made so aware of it anew, like the Puritans' roots of, of America have to be reckoned with now every time because they just never go away. The Puritan-like impulse never goes away. No matter who's, no matter who we're talking about, no matter which faction is there. And I don't know, is it, this, is it it's, it's not, it's no longer ethnically part of it because so we're no longer. It's not like wasps are a majority in um, in, uh, in in America anymore. Well, we're, let alone, we're know. a country founded by wasps, right? Yeah, we're founded by wasps, but we're no. But it's no longer like we're not dealing with like the the descendants of wasps. No, that it's, much. it's the the biology. I think influences the culture and the beginning, and the culture just has a way of enduring, right? And so, in that sense, it is this sort of predisposition towards neuroses then becomes sort of baked into the culture. And even though you've completely diversified the gene pool, so that you probably don't have this genetic predisposition towards neuroses anymore, you grow up in a culture that teaches you to be neurotic. Yeah, it teaches you to be neurotic. Also, the entire the entire news industry traffics in neuroses. I mean, yeah. um, that's really, I think, the number one culprit. Because when I think back to all of the fears that governed my parenting and grandparenting and everything, and like, there was, I, was, I was pretty sheltered. I mean, I was like, they were very cautious about letting me sleep over at anyone's house, going out by myself, any of that stuff. And it's like, the assumption was that, oh, you just can't do that anymore. You just can't let a kid go out. No. And I'm like, how true is that, though? Was that ever? Like, how true was it that if you let a kid go out by himself in LA, he's gonna, they're definitely gonna get kidnapped or something? Like, how, really? I don't know. I don't know and also and also you know part of it is the size which I get like it's such a like you know it's, it's less of a problem in kind of small towns where everyone knows each other and it's more of a problem in these big places where nobody knows each other and everyone's afraid of the unknown and all that and I get that in Europe generally everything's just smaller like so you're not you don't have that same like I mean it's 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 actually crazy like this is you know the, the population of Munich isn't super big and it does feel like a big village more than anything yeah, else. I would say it doesn't really feel super like city city. But for example like I live um, basically like just down the road from a, an elementary school in the middle of the city. And like some parents organize like walking groups to take the kids to school. Some parents just say alright go like find your friends walk and get to school and everyone gets to school on time and safely and it's not a yeah. And they're, you know, like five, six, seven years old doing this. Yeah. And 
this this sort of panic about something happening just doesn't really exist in the same way here. And it's just it's just weird how like baked in it is. Like especially like the women, the women in the states, they love like um, being convinced that uh, danger, human trafficking is lurking around every yeah. corner. Like I have this one friend from Bachelors, I love her to death, but she's like completely a freak about this kind of stuff. She used to always yep. be sharing things on like Twitter or Instagram about how like if you see this thing on your garbage can, it means that like someone's uh, identified you and you're like they're gonna try to get you. So like. Huh. Yeah, I mean, it's obviously female-driven. Yeah. We know that. Uh, and it's just a question of, like, how much of it is... I mean, to some degree, it's obviously, you know, America's a more dangerous place, I get it. Yeah. But it's just interesting, this idea of, like, female liberation doesn't actually come with a sense of, like, enhanced security and safety. It's like they're really trying to put the cart before the horse. Yeah. Well, it comes with... It, well, technically, it, it's supposed to come with a greater sense of danger. Because mm -hmm. what you're saying is men are no longer uh, obligated to protect women. Because protecting women means restricting it. Restricting, yeah. And so equality does mean technically greater danger. Yeah. You, know, you, just, you just don't hear about like violence in the same way here. Like it's also because I just think the way criminal um, the way criminal actions are handled in Germany is completely different. Like their media is not allowed to publish the names of um, people who commit crimes. Basically, uh, there's this whole. Like true a German true crime podcast, basically that's done by one of the big um, newspapers here at Deep Zeit, um, and it's quite a, a good podcast. Like Max and I listen to it a lot, mm -hmm. but it's interesting. So like all the names are completely different. So there's just less of this sort of sensationalism about whenever something bad does happen. There is cute little car. Oh, that's super cool. Is that a Mercedes something or no? no that's an old. Uh, I think it's a Renault. It's Renault. Hmm. We see a lot of cool old cars here. The old like East German um, Trabis, which were like yeah. were such pieces of shit back in the day, but now are uh, like a yeah, they're little, they're um, kind of novelty town cars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's oh my god, it's but like German politics is just as ineffective as the states. Um, so in order to combat the gas crisis. They're talking about instituting a uh, temporary speed limit on the autobahns. Oh, God. Wow. Yeah, that's really going to do it. And it's funny. Like so this whole gas crisis has been written on the wall for a long-ass time. But like even from, like, since, since March, right, they've been every day in the news. It's anything like the German government is considering extending the... Because they're trying to get out of nuclear power, right? But they still have reactors that are running. And they were saying one way that we could um, avoid the dependency on gas for a lot of stuff would be to just keep running the nuclear power longer than we planned to, to turn it off. Like, oh no, we can't do that. It's like, we pick something. You can't yeah. just keep... Don't work that way. 
well, it seems like it seems like at, at that level, it seems like uh, just like freaking like novelty item politics. It's like complete. There's no way that any of these things have a real make a real dent. No. Yeah, it's, in, it's just a way of distracting people from the real problem. It allows the the thing is like German government. I think in a certain sense is more. There's like a clearer plan with the way that it works because they have to form a mandate in the legislature to actually be able to get things done and part of that process is negotiation between the parties and they agree to an agenda and this is actually written into a non-binding contract but a contract saying in this government we will achieve these things. You know, some of it gets done, some of it doesn't. Mm-hmm. Um, but something I found particularly um, something I found particularly interesting is that like the Ukraine crisis has basically derailed every aspect of what was in this agreement, and there's a lot of stuff in there that I actually want done. Right. So one thing is marijuana legalization. Oh, yeah. Which would be great. Yeah. And then another thing is it is currently illegal for you to take up German citizenship without getting rid of your previous citizenship, unless it's impossible for you to get rid of it or it subjects you to like financial hardship or like a ridiculous procedure. And I want to get the German passport because it would simplify a lot of things, but I'm not getting rid of my American one. Right. Um, I want them to pass that shit so I can right. get my stuff. And I'm like, when can we stop dicking around with this Ukraine shit so yeah. I can get what yes. I need done? Yes. Because it's all in that contract. Right. What a disaster. Yeah. Quick aside, one thing I love about Germany is like, um, especially Bavaria, this sharing of tables that are big enough is like very, very common here. And like it's, I think unlike the states where sometimes that happens, there's like sort of a try not to look or engage with your neighbors here. It's like typically you say hello and yeah. goodbye. And yeah, it was nice. Strike really up a chat. The yeah. girls say hello, goodbye. Servus. Servus is a very typical Austro-Bavarian way of saying hello. Yeah. Servus? Servus, yeah. And it comes um, from a Latin expression, which is to basically say, like, at your service, but in a more literal sense, I'm your slave. Mm. And then uh, another typical Bavarian greeting is Grüß uh, Gott, which is greetings to God. Ooh, nice. So you know you're, you're speaking with a real like Münchner when you call the phone and they say like, hello, whatever, Grüß Gott. <laughs> yeah. And so I, I get that there's a rivalry between Munich and Berlin, but is there another kind of... German, is there like another kind of rivalry, another kind of opposition to the Bavarian sensibility within Germany? I mean, for sure, like, every, um, every German state has, like, some stereotype about it. Bavarians are, like, basically known as the Texans of of Germany, um, Baden-Württemberg, it's all the, they're really, really rich, but they're, you know, like, farmers or whatever, right? And it's, there's a lot of, like, different sort of sayings, and also the, 
the accents um, and the dialects are very, very different. So the Bavarian dialect sounds completely different from like the uh, Swabian dialect, all of these things, right? Um, so yeah, those are really strong. You don't feel it as much in cities in these areas because they tend to attract a lot of like migrants, um, also from within Germany. But if you go like, you know, even 30 minutes outside of Munich into a Bavarian, like I, I was visiting my, we went to my friend's house last summer because her parents out of town at the pool and we went to the bakery and I have a pretty high level of fluency in German but I was at this Bavarian bakery and the woman speaking to me and I can't understand a single thing that she's saying right? and if you speak to someone who speaks the Swabian dialect or whatever it's, it's the same thing if you grow up in Germany you have a better sort of sense and ability to communicate in the different sort of regional flavors but it's there's really strong identities in certain places, like other places more or less. Um, certain states are actually comprised of two formerly different states, so even within one state you'll have different sort of identitarian conflicts. And and Berlin considers themselves cosmopolitan sophisticates. Yeah, I think Berlin just... For me, I find it hard to really like place the Berlin sensibility like very um, concisely. But yeah, cosmopolitan, both above and below it all at the same time. Right. Very fast. Um, yeah, below it in the sense that debauched and depraved. Yeah. Above it in the sense that de debauched and depraved. Exactly. Yeah. They, they don't care about it, right? They're, they're yeah. not weighed. They're not encumbered by the expectations or norms that other places have. They're topping from the depraved bottom. Right. <laughs> But yeah, the, uh, the Berlin dialect is known as like the um, Berliner Schnauze, and Schnauze means um, snout. Which means snobbish or? Like like a snout, like, snout. like the snout of a, like an animal. Yeah. So it's like the, the German, the, the kind of saying with that is that like the German dialect is very like quick to the point, animalistic basically. Also, if you want someone to shut up, you can yell at them Schnauze. Oh, my favorite is like um, German woman still speaking really fast. Oh, yeah. What's your favorite dialect? Just musically. I really like actually the. I think the Bavarian dialect is quite quite nice, like the Austro-Bavarian one. But like. Um, Swabian has one of my favorite expressions in German. It's Schaffe, Schaffe, Häuslebauer, which means like save, save, build a house. Oh, okay, yeah. The Swabians are known for like always being about getting a good deal, good price, like always haggling, always being very good with their money, very conservative. Responsible. Very responsible. They're the uh, Germans, German. Yeah. Genau, genau. Mm -hmm.
But your last name sounds German. Yeah. Right. Um, I mean, so my family has uh, sort of a lot of mixed origin, like most Americans, right? But um, we come from, the, like on my dad's side, mainly the, the north of Germany, um, basically on the, like, around the Hanseatic League, which basically incorporates, like, Denmark, northern Germany, Holland, southern Sweden. Mm-hmm. So kind of a lot of intermixing between like Swedish, um, German, and Danish in my lineage. And then, so his dad's side of the family came from Germany. We can trace it back to the village they lived in. And then my his, his mom's side is... Um, super Norwegian so that's kind of the mix on that side and then my mom's side is um, German but from Bavaria and then uh, Irish when is your dad coming arriving? His plane lands at 4.40. So I need to see which S-Bahn I need to take to get there at that time. <laughs> How long did it take you at passport control? Do you remember? Not long. It took like 20 minutes. Okay, cool. Yeah, it looks like if I leave at like 3.40ish, I'll be fine. Yeah. So yeah, what do you what do you want to do? Do you want to chill here longer? Do you want to pay? Walk around a bit? I think you might walk around and bet toward your yeah. I'll get the check. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's so funny, like I I'm trying to pinpoint the age at which like the um the sort of like German analytical uh, organized lifestyle starts to take hold because the kids are like rampant. Yeah. Still, <laughs> <laughs> it's the little brother sister chasing each other. Yeah. And she's the one. She's the kind of ringleader, <laughs> roping him in, even though he's bigger. And she's got those like big doe eyes and like, curly hair. And she's like ordering him around. And, like, all this shit. <laughs> Just taking her orders. <laughs> She's like, I'm not running in this heat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Instagram story views to see if the uh, man she's trying to ensnare has watched it. Oh yeah, she eat it with this one right here. The one in the green dress with the small cigarette. That's so cute. Women are really quite clever little devils. Yeah. I have a, a friend of a friend uses the uh, close story feature on Instagram as like a, a real weapon. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so whatever guy she's targeted, she'll like add him to the close friend story, but he's the only one on the close friend story. That's funny. Yeah. I'm curious about the guy. I mean, she's pretty. She's pretty hot. So yeah, I'm guessing so. Is it's like the one nice thing is you typically don't see um, straight couples with like. Or like a, like a yeah, really hot straight guy with like a complete cow. Right, right, right. The which has become the norm now. Yeah, where we are. Well, partly just because there's just all, the young women here are just generally fit and attractive. So. So my boyfriend and I are really good at identifying which friends of ours. Um, we'll pair off well together. Mm -hmm. So we've been slowly setting some some people up and uh, have this. The friend I was thinking was like has the grew up in Asia, but like she's um, actually America. She's no, she's actually this one right here. Oh, okay, but yeah, she's. Uh, Who are you setting her up with? One of my like one of Max's friends, Felix. It's going going well so far. We'll see how it goes. But yeah, like Max is a total aviation nerd, so she was just texting in our chat trying to ask which side of her plane is optimal for their flight back to sit on to see stuff. Oh no. <laughs> 
zusammen oder getrennt? Ja. Und zusammen geht. Ja, mein Wasser, die Lee, Otto und Frau an. 22. Ja, 24. Ja, 24. Ja, 24. Ja, 24. Ja, How was your cocktail? Oh, it's a very like normal aperitif here. My mom's favorite. What was it again? What did you hear? It's a Lillet Wild Berry. So it's like a it's like a fortified wine with um, like a Schweppes tonic water, but with a Russian Wild Berry flavor. Mm -hmm. I'm ready to go. All right. Let's head off. Let's get it.
downtown a lot of times you'll see at the street crossings a sign that says like set a good example for the children only cross on green oh god the children the kids the kids the kids that's their that's their version of protecting the children yeah the life begins my breath is short but it's like I can run another thousand miles My everlasting hunger came to a close I was walking fearlessly but now I fly Word. 